You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. All right. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Eileen, and I am one of the uh, teaching team members here at Hill City, and I welcome you. I am so glad that you're all here. It's good to see all your faces. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you a question. Who likes getting gifts? Let me reword that. Let me ask you, who doesn't like getting a good gift? So you see, one of the five love, love languages is gift giving. Many, many years ago, I took a Bible study class on the love languages. And it was a way for me to get to know what my kids' love languages were. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so that I could love them better through their love language. If gift giving is your love language, it's something you like to get little surprises. And sometimes you probably like to, to give good gifts and, and receive good gifts. Um, I, that is not my love language, um, but I do love to find the perfect gift for the people in my life. You see, it's that time of year when we are considering what gifts to give people. Um, we're going to be shopping and we're going to be purchasing and wrapping and putting gifts under a tree. Why? Because we are celebrating the greatest gift of all. You see, God promised a Messiah. He promised us a Savior, God with us, and he sent Jesus, his son. And Jesus' ministry taught love and compassion, obedience, and forgiveness. We were given the gift of salvation through his death on the cross and his resurrection to life. You see, Jesus bore the weight of all sin, yours, mine, and the entire world, past, present, and future. When we accept the gift of salvation through that sacrifice that Jesus made, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God in spirit, living within all believers to guide us, to correct us, to watch over us. You see, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his believers to wait. He said, wait, that he would send a comforter. And we had the Holy Spirit. But the gifts didn't stop there. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Spiritual gifts. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. If you take notes, get ready because I'm going to have some points for you. Um, but first, let me pray for us. <clears throat> good, good Father. Let us experience your word today in a new way with renewed and eager spirit. Give us the ears to hear what you need us to hear. Let anything that is of you resonate and anything that isn't of you be put aside. We thank you for this day in Jesus' name. All right then. So when I was in high school, I took a journalism class and I was both a writer for um, an editor for our school newspaper, The Courier. One of the first things we learned in writing a piece for the paper was making sure that we answered the questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how. We always had to be objective. There was no speculation. If only our journalists of today would follow those same rules. The reason I'm telling you this is when I sat down to write um, this message, I approached it with that same thought of answering those same questions, the who, what, when, where, why, and how 
of this scripture passage. So, okay, I'm going to start by answering the where of this passage. You see, Paul was writing to the church in Corinth because they were having some major problems. The church was surrounded by uh, corruptness because they were still growing and spreading the gospel, but they were letting the outside influences um, come into play. And the leaders of the church were trying to elevate themselves, and Paul was calling them out, and he was explaining their roles within the church body. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. So here we see the who and the what. The who is all believers and the Holy Spirit that lives within all believers. What is a believer? Oh, I'm glad you asked. A believer is anyone who believes and confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of all mankind. And then in turn, they commit their lives to relationship with him. That's a true believer. That's a Christ follower. The what in this passage is spiritual gifts. The list that Paul gives is not a complete list, and you can find more in Ephesians 4 and Romans 12. So point number one, if you're taking notes, every believer in Jesus Christ receives one or more spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that. Every believer in Jesus Christ receives one or more spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. God decides who gets what gifts, usually in conjunction with your natural talents, your interests, or your skills. My gifts are serving, hospitality, that would fall into the, to the category of serving. I love to um, make dinners for people or have people over to my house and, and cook them a, a really good meal. Another one of my gifts right up there at the top, I've done a spiritual gifts uh, tests on more than one occasion. Um, another one is mercy. I forgive very easily and very readily and continue forward. It does not damage my relationship. I might not forget, but it's not something that will damage um, how I feel about you. Um, I forgive very easily. And lastly, teaching, which 30 years ago when I took the first spiritual gifts test, teaching was not even close. Um, but it has cropped up because it's something that I've had to cultivate. So what are we supposed to do with these gifts? In verse 7, it tells us how. And that's point number two. We use them for the common good of our church body. We are the church body. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So we're we are to use our gifts to serve other Christ followers and to build up the church body. And in turn, that glorifies God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says this, 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Let's keep going. The visual imaging in these next verses uh, that Paul uses, I think, are really interesting. So verse 12 says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The phrase baptized by one spirit and given one spirit to drink is quite literally meaning that the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. If you are a believer and you have received the Holy Spirit living within you, that is what that phrase means. You've been baptized by one spirit. Let's continue. Verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Do you get why I say the visual is pretty funny? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You see, God decides who gets what gifts. It's not a mistake. We are many people that make up one body, the church. The church is alive. It is a living, breathing entity. It's you and it's me. Jesus is the head of the church and we are called to be his hands and feet. We go out and we proclaim who is Jesus through our words and our actions, our gifts. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot see, say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. That's how a church body works. Point number three is this. Every one of us has a vital role in serving God and others. Let me repeat that. Every one of us has a vital role in serving God and others. You are a valuable member of this body of believers, whether here at Hill City or wherever you meet or have community with other believers. You bring your own uniqueness to the church body. Let's look at it this way. Say Mike is up here playing the Brandon Lake song, Gratitude, one of my favorite songs. 
And Shannon is up here playing Amazing Grace on the keyboards. And Rachel is up here singing Reckless Love. It would be a mess. Nobody would know who they're supposed to be following. It would, it would be a mess. But no, you see, they use their gifts, the gifts that God has given them, Mike on guitar, Shannon on keys, and Rachel on vocals, and they play the same piece. Why? So that we can worship God as a community. It benefits the body of Christ. It glorifies God when we worship him that way. Let's continue and finish up. Verse 27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. Point number four is this. We need each other. We need each other. We need you. Nobody possesses all the gifts. We may share the same gifts, but they're varied in the way we use them because we are different in our talents. I know there's someone else in this church, I'm looking at her right now, that has the gift of serving. But the way her and I approach serving this church or serving the people in this church or the people in our community is completely different. All good, but different. Paul isn't saying one gift is greater than another. If you look back at verses 21 through 26, you see that Paul is saying all the giftings are necessary and vital. That is why he was telling the Corinthians, while we need apostles and prophets and teachers, they are not any more important than any other. That is one of the issues that the church in Corinth was dealing with. Who was more important? Even in today's church, we look to the pastors as having the most important job. And I would agree that they carry a significant weight. But God also honors the importance of greeters the child care workers, the prayer team, the worship team, and any other person who is using their gifts to help the church body. We need each other, and we need the gifts that each person brings. We are all ta- working toward one goal, and that is to glorify God and further his kingdom here on earth. It's not about the gifts you were given. Rather, it is how you use them. Paul is saying, don't get hung up on what your gifts are like to the people in Corinth. That's what he was telling them. All gifts, while different in function, are valuable to God. Why? Because he gave them to you. We need to use our gifts to point others to Jesus. That's our job. Matthew 28 says, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded of you. And surely I will be with you till the end of days. That's our job, to be disciples, to go out and teach people who Jesus is in your life so that they can know who Jesus is for them. We need to use our gifts to point others to Jesus. If we don't exercise our spiritual gifts, the whole body of Christ suffers, and we fail to honor and glorify God. 
If we aren't using our gifts, we can't bless others, whether they're believers or not. You see, everything we do as a church body here at Hill City or in our own family units should point to Jesus and his work on the cross. We are gifted because of the power of Christ that is at work within us. We come together into one body for one purpose, to reach others for Jesus. The last line of this chapter says, and I will show you the most excellent way. So I want to wrap this up with what Paul is saying here. The most excellent way refers to Paul's next chapter, all about love as God intended it to be. And if you're married, you know that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is um, what a lot of ceremonies, marriage ceremonies use um, in their ceremonies. Uh, it's It's a passage all about love. But this is what Paul was referring to. You cannot go out into this world and be Jesus to others if you do not have love. We can't exercise our gifts without love. Love for God, love for Jesus, and love for others. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the love that you've shown your children over and over and over again. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us, each one special to our unique talents, each one chosen out of love for us. May we learn to recognize our giftings and use them every day in ways that show honor to you and to love to those who have in, you've entrusted to us in our relationships, whether those are in our church, in our neighborhood, in our families, with our friends. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. And we ask this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.